Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, hola, mi gente. I'm Jessica Yanez, and this is the Wine and Chisme podcast, a podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things, all while sipping on a glass of wine. So welcome to your new Wednesday. The Wine and Chisme Wednesday. Hola, hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of the Wine and Cheese Mint podcast. And, you know, we don't do a lot of like multiple people interviews. So I love when we get the opportunity to have a couple of people on. And today we have the insightful babes. And the insightful Woo-hoo. babes, <laughs> it is Maria and Diana, Diana Ramirez, Maria Garebay. Welcome to the Wine and Cheese podcast, ladies. How are you? Hello, hello. Thank you. (laughs) Really good. I'm good. I'm Maria, and I'm excited to start this cheese I mean, I was telling them right now, cheese and wine, guys, it's like perfect. (laughs) I mean, you can't have a better better pairing, right? (laughs) Wine and cheese So, you know, that's how it is. But uh, let me read your bio and then we will get into the wine and then we will get into the cheese man. And I did not realize that you guys are based out of San Diego, right? Yeah. Well, I'm in San Diego, but Maria is in Texas. So oh, yeah. te- but it's almost Texas? like but- I'm in the South Texas area. Um, okay. So the valley. And but I'm usually always traveling to California. So I like yeah. to say I'm already part from California. <laughs> I'm half and half, guys. There you go. Well, that's so funny because. I don't know, Diana, if you know, I'm in San Diego as well. I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh, how come I didn't know that? Like, that's so yeah, amazing. so we're yeah. going to have to totally like get together. And yeah. Maria, I lived 15 years in Texas. I lived in Dallas for 15 years. Wow. Ooh. So that's look, so we awesome. already got the connection going on. Yeah. Yeah. I love so um, I'm actually from Texas too. I was born and raised in Texas, but I moved to San Diego like four years ago. Yeah, so, so much better, right? Let me just, let me preface this. I would not be who I am if I didn't spend as much time in Texas as I did. I lived a very significant part, a very significant time in my life in Texas. I even brought like to a couple of my closest girlfriends. They still live there. They're married and have kids and everything. But I was talking to somebody yesterday and we obviously we have not gotten to the real chisme yet. But I was talking to somebody and I was actually talking to my best friend who still lives there. And I was saying how I tried to make Texas fit so bad. And it just, you know, sometimes there's a time in life that it needs to be what it is, right? And sometimes we force ourselves and I'm sure we'll get into all that because I'm sure you guys talk about that. 
but we force <laughs> ourselves to like try and fit a square peg into a round hole type of situation mm-hmm. until we realize like it's not going to fit and let's try something else. And so I moved back. I'm originally from San Diego, lived mm-hmm. all these places mm-hmm. and came back and man, my life has completely flourished, completely changed. And it's because the time that I spent in Texas prepared me to come back to California. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Diana, yes, we're going to have to get together while you're here. And then mm-hmm. Maria, when you're here, we'll all have to get together as well. So yes, yes. she's going to yes. have to come down for sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> for sure. I will be there. I will be there. <laughs> all right. Now, let me read your bio. Insightful Babes has made it their mission to be a voice of all hustlers, dreamers, outsiders, and visionaries out there. They strive to show all of the arenas that it's time to straighten out their crown and live their life to their highest potential. Insightful Babes was created in June 2019 by these two amigas, Diana Contreras and Maria Garebe, as Latina-owned brand and podcasters. Coming from traditional Hispanic beliefs, Diana and Maria decided to share their entrepreneurship journey, ups and downs, inspire, empower, and help others who are not being themselves because of fear or because of those traditional beliefs. Insightful Babes is an English Spanish and Spanglish platform. Cool. <laughs> we love we love listening to all of that. Good. No, so I you know I was just saying, and I've said it in a couple other episodes. It's I love sharing that out loud as I'm talking to the people that I'm interviewing, sharing their bios, because so often people don't hear their bios being read to them. It's usually like a lot of times it's before the podcast, and then they break into the interview mm. and. I just think that there's something so special and so lovely about reading a bio while you have your guests there. I don't know why. I just love it. And every time I do, I get that same reaction. Like, oh my gosh, I've never heard that. Or, oh, wow, I love hearing that. So I just continue to do it because I I love doing it. And I love seeing the faces of the people that I interview as I'm reading it. Yeah. Thank you. We were doing those cry faces right now, guys. (laughs) Like, like what is no. it? Uh, uh, ¿Cómo se dice el gato de the the one that the in Shrek? Yes, Listen boots. Oh, Listen boots. yeah, that carita. <laughs> yeah, that that was us right now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, before yeah. we get into the chisme, we always start with the wine. So, Diana, why don't you start with the wine that you're drinking? I just picked this up, and I don't even know like if it's good. I haven't tried it yet, but it's a cab. And it's um, Robert Mondavi, right? Robert Mondavi, yeah. Mm. So it's from California. I can tell from, I was yeah. like, I could tell it from Yeah, here. it's good. It's yeah, good. Okay. It's one of yeah. my dad's favorites. Um, <laughs> really? And okay. Maria, what kind of wine are you drinking? I'm drinking an Italian wine. It's called Monte Antico from Toscana. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. Nice. I really love my red wine. So this is the first time I actually tried this one and it's really good. Like super well, it good. Must be it, because the bottle, you just emptied the bottle. <laughs> yeah. The bottle's empty. Let yeah, me call you out. Let me call you out. <laughs> wow. You guys are calling me out. <laughs> it's just the camera, guys. It looks empty, but it's not empty. <laughs> sure, sure. Like these stories. I did. Like yeah, I did like it, you know, because yeah, the bottle's already empty, but I still have one more glass left. So it was Just perfect for timing for this. Yes. So I'm actually drinking um, Surcos. It's a 2019 Tempranillo out of Los Carneros in Napa Valley. And it is one of our um, the Latino wine brands. 
that is on my directory. And let me just say, I was telling Diana while you were getting your wine, Maria, that mm-hmm. it has been a rough week and I definitely need this wine. And most wines, this is definitely higher on the alcohol scale because most wines are usually between like 11 and 15%. Sometimes you get a little higher and this is at 14.2%. So this is on the higher end of the alcohol scale, but I'm okay with it because I need it. <laughs> it's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week. Do you guys, are, are you able to see what your alcohol content is? Yeah, so mine's 13%, but I just realized that it's 5% Merlot. Merlot. So it still would be considered a cab. You right? know, it's not considered because a it's blend not... because it's, mo- it's the way that they do it. I think it needs to be um, a certain percentage of cab to call itself a cab. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. Um, okay. Diana, okay. what is your alcohol percentage? Mine's 13.5. Yeah. See, Ooh, so that's like I said, it usually <laughs> falls between like 11 and 15 mines. And I just noticed on the label, it says it's this was harvested on November 2nd, 2019. And my birthday is November 2nd. Oh my God. <gasps> what? Oh my God. I was like, so special. Yeah, I know. I was oh, like, this awesome. is awesome. All right. So, salud. Salud. Ding. Do you it? Ooh, I mean, I'm smelling it, doing my smell test. Mm. Oh, the, the, the smell. four Ooh, this is is it? It's like, I digged in right away, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I, this is what I was doing. I smell it before and then I swirl mm-hmm. it around because that helps get the oxygen in a little. Yeah. And you can actually smell a difference when you do that. Mm-hmm. And this one is definitely, it smells kind of jammy, which is my, I always joke. That's my boyfriend's like favorite word to describe everything. But this <laughs> one <laughs> Mine's like yeah. blue, blueberry. I love to see if it has like those tears. You know how they say that? The legs. If, yes. Oh, the legs. If it has those, it, it's sweet. But if it doesn't, like it's That's pretty. That's not 100%. Well, is that? Yeah. That, it's usually like how robust it is, right? Uh-huh. But it's not always true. Mm. So, but this one is actually, sometimes you can just really smell the alcohol. I can't, I thought mm. I could. And then when I swirled it around, I couldn't. And I don't, it doesn't taste as heavy in the alcohol mm-hmm. as you might think and it is really good. Fruity. Like yeah, mine is blackberry and like um peppery. I taste some peppery and I feel something else earthy, but I can't pinpoint it. But are you guys like big wine drinkers? I used yeah. to be. Now, I know Maria is, but yeah, I used to be. <laughs> She's like, yes, I just finished this bottle. <laughs> yeah, guys. <laughs> Calling me out again, guys. <laughs> it's okay. I finished plenty. Okay. <laughs> There's been times when we were doing our virtual wine tastings, I would finish a bottle by myself because the wine tasting, you know, we just started like mm. talking and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, oops, my bottle's gone. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? So dangerous, huh? Who like was here? Who tasting? was here? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. feel like those are dangerous. Like every like we went to Temecula for like a wine tasting and like we just kept tasting like the wines <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I think we should probably chill a little bit. <laughs> but it was so much fun. You know what? People probably think I drink all the time, all day, every day, or maybe not all day, but every day. Mm-hmm. And I don't really, I usually, obviously I drink during the podcast. Sometimes that's the only time I drink is just during the podcast. And sometimes I'll have a glass of wine with dinner or just to relax or something, you know, while I'm relaxing, not too relaxed. Mm. 
while I'm relaxing. There's a difference, right? <laughs> I think the the key is, right, whether you, is to just enjoy the wine. I think so many, I don't drink wine to get drunk. No, I get, it's not the I right drink, way. Yeah. I th- then there's, you know, if you're drinking to get drunk, then I guess there's a time and a place. I'm too old for those times and places anymore. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> That's not how I roll. <laughs> We're all old here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I was talking to my best friend today and I was saying how just don't go out. Like I'm as personable as I am, would rather go out to dinner or do something, but I don't go out. And my, like, mm-hmm. I was like, remember we used to be like total callejeras? And she's like, <laughs> no, now we like to stay in. I'm like, yes, I want to stay in. I want to be warm. <laughs> Remember when you used to be like in your early twenties and walk out when it's like thirty degrees outside? Or how did we survive? You wearing a skirt and a little tank top. Um, Yeah, I'm like I miss those times when I could go outside with (laughs) and not have like all these jackets on me and. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we never thought we'd be here. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking about those times and. Yeah. You're like, they're like, oh my gosh, this podcast are just reminiscing about when they were young. <laughs> the wine helps though. The wine helps. It warms us up from the hey, we all look amazing. You don't have to share your age if you don't want to. I'm 45. And look, it's just preserving me. That's why I look so good. Secret, I the wine and cheese, my guys. That's the secret. <laughs> and lots of water. And always For wash sure. your face and all sunblock. Oh, yeah. No matter what. Mm-hmm. Yes. Vitamins. <laughs> like vitamins. Take those vitamins. <laughs> well, I'm really excited. Like, I'm look, we're already having a good time. And we're just, you know, we haven't even gotten into any of the cheese at all. So, Diana, I'm going to start with you. Like, you both talk about being first gen in your bio and everything. So tell me a little bit about how you grew up and kind of what your parents' expectations were. Because I feel like, you know, when you're first gen, I'm second gen, but I feel like when you're first gen, there's a lot of expectations that are set on you as a first gen child. So would you mind talking about that? And then Maddie afterwards? So like I said, I I'm, was born and raised in Texas. My parents came from Juarez. So they came to from Juarez to El Paso. So I was actually, you know, born and raised there. But I felt like a lot of the expectations, you know, because I was like the only one that was actually born here in the United States. So I have two older siblings. Are they and boys I or girls? My both. So I have an older sister and then an older brother. So okay. I'm the baby. <laughs> yes, I felt like there was a lot of pressure on me all the time. Like since I was the one that was like, you know, born here. So I was the one that had to like kind of not obviously like probably go to school and like you know, you're the one that has the, like more opportunities. So you should probably take advantage of all that stuff. So I felt like that pressure, you know, like, okay, once you finish high school, like you have to go to college and then you have to do this. Like it was really like implanted, like I like, engraved in my head, like you need to go to college. So like, I actually did go to college for like, I went to a community college and like, I just did not like it that much. Like I, you know, I gave it a shot. And then I stopped going and then I gave it another shot because I still felt like they were, you know, kind of like pressuring me to go to school. I got to the point that I'm like, no, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I, I need to start like really following what I want to do. Luckily, like after I had that conversation with them, like they were really like understanding with me and they were actually okay. Like we'll support you in whatever you want to do, but 
you know, like I still felt some, some of the pressure with things, you know, certain things. But I think after we had that conversation and they kind of started seeing like where I was coming from and like that I actually had like other goals and other dreams, they kind of started understanding a little bit more. But I've always been just closer to my mom. So it was always like, I didn't want to let her down. Like, I, you know, I just didn't want to disappoint her. So I felt like that was like the main thing that I experienced, you know, as a, as a first gen, like it was really hard kind of going, you know, my first language was Spanish. So it was kind of hard going to school. And then like, as like younger kid, of course, but still having to like learn, you know, English and then getting better at English now. And then I got put into like, monolingual or what is it monolingual classes when you just speak like one language right Mm -hmm. so I kind of lost touch with my culture so that was like my me growing up like I lost touch with my culture and like I didn't know whether to embrace it or not because I felt like I didn't want to disappoint my parents because they like my mom tried so hard to come you know to the United States and then I'm over here trying to like you know um, assimilate my yeah, exactly. So that was like one of the hardest things for me too, just not feeling like I was meant to be here. But like, I also mm-hmm. felt like, you know, like I'm Mexican-American. So like, I wanted to embrace my Mexican culture. It was just confusing for me. So I think that was one of the struggles that I had. No, I could totally see that of why you would. It's kind of surprising because you grew up in El Paso, you said, right? And mm-hmm. obviously El Paso is a border city. I actually yeah. have a lot of friends from El Paso. Oh, cool. Yeah, a ton. <laughs> and it just is really interesting to hear you say that because you wouldn't think that somebody is trying to shed their Latinidad in El Paso of all places. Yeah. Right? So that's mm-hmm. just like so... I don't even know kind of the word I want to say, but I guess it, interesting is the only word that comes to mind. Because you wouldn't think, and especially the friends that I know and um, El Paso, it is literally, I mean, it's right there. And it's right. And then Chihuahua is like right on the other side. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's very similar to San Diego in regards to people crossing every day to go to work. Mm -hmm. Um, So, wow, that's so like, again, I keep saying the word interesting. (laughs) Another word, I guess, surprising. Surprising is another word that's surprising. Yeah, that. I think I was trying to like fit in, you know, with my with my friends because they so mm-hmm. like the friends that I had at the moment didn't really speak Spanish. So I would try to fit in with them, you know, and like I didn't want to feel left out. So it wasn't until I started making like more friends that spoke Spanish then I was like, okay, like this is kind of normal to know English and to know Spanish as mm-hmm. well. So it was like a whole learning learning thing for me. And good for you for knowing. I don't think college is not for everybody. And I think we put such an emphasis on you need to go to college and especially, you know, when your parents immigrate here mm-hmm. and they want like the best for you and they think, oh, we're giving you all this opportunity and all this. But I don't think that it's always for everybody. And I think we negate like trade schools, right? I think it's okay to not go to college if you don't want to go to college, but have a plan. I always say, right. at least have a plan, like understand where you want to go or what you want to do, because life is happening regardless, right? Mm -hmm. Regardless if you Mm -hmm. go to college, I didn't go to college right away, or I did, and all these other outside factors happened, but I didn't go to, I didn't graduate college till 20 years, almost to the day that I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. And that was for me, not for anybody else. It was for Mm -hmm. me. So first of all, I want to applaud you for like knowing that about yourself Mm -hmm. and trying but not 
forcing yourself to fit into something that you knew you weren't going to. And honestly, I applaud your parents for like actually taking the time to understand because especially like Mexican or Latino parents. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) They're, yeah, like they tend to be like, dig in, right? Nope, this is what you're doing. You're under my roof. You live under my rules. Mm -hmm. And this is what you're doing. So I want to like applaud them for being able to do that as well. Mm -hmm. Wine break. Time to refill that glass and come back for more wine and cheese mix. Given the purchasing power of the Latina community, let me just tell you, mi gente, we are no longer a sleeping giant. And your dollar, our dollar, is powerful no matter where you go. That's why I'm excited to share that in conjunction with Cadena Collective, we have launched a pozole and wine pairing guide. You might think, what? That's interesting. Or what? That's weird. Or what? Heck no, no way. But you know what? We all like to enjoy different things. This truly only featured Latina-owned wine brands, have worked really, really hard to provide wines that go with so many of our foods. So if you've even considered trying tamales and wine, or you've even considered trying pozole and wine, head over to the com, click on media, and there you will find the various resources to pair your wine. Tell me a little bit about your story, girl. I kind of wanted to keep asking Diana questions. Well, we will. We'll, well, look, this is like, we just have to be me asking questions, right? We can, get, we can ask all each other questions. That's what a true conversation is. And that's what we have to do, ladies. It's like, it's just so weird, you know, because like, we're also podcasters. So we're used to asking the questions. So now it's like, oh, we're waiting for our questions. <laughs> Like, ah, you can you can um grade me at the end uh, <laughs> no, you're amazing <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah a little bit about me and like my first gen experience it's similar to liana so i'm guessing that is why we're friends <laughs> because we have so much in common <laughs> and it started the same you know like i i had all of this pressure from my family like i have a, of a younger brother So I also had to be a good role model, right? So everything that I did, it was not only just affecting myself or my parents, but also my brother. So I had to like be a good role model and keep at school, you know, and I used to like have so many dreams, right? We all have dreams. And when we're young, it's like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be this. So I always had like this, I loved photography and that's something that's kind of like my hobby now. Like I love to take pictures and all of that. And then I also like the whole modeling thing and the Hollywood, you know, and all of that. And then when I was younger, I would say, oh, someday I'm going to move to Hollywood. I'm going to be there. And, you know, but obviously I did not when I was growing up, I did not follow that, right? Like I had to stick to school. I took advanced classes in high school so I could have some credits. When I graduated, I graduated with credits for school, you know, for college. And it wasn't until I reached college where I was, I felt that pressure that if I didn't do it, I was going to fail my parents, right? And my family, and they were going to be sad if I didn't complete this. And even though I didn't want it, you know, I did not want that. I still kept at it, but it wasn't until my second year, um, the last semester where I couldn't, I couldn't anymore. I had to get out of that one class that I was in the last class that I had. And, you know, like I would look around and everybody looked so unhappy, you know? So I was like, I don't want to 
be like them. You know, I don't want to feel <laughs> this way. So I finished the semester. I told my parents, you know, it was like a very intense talk and I was like freaking out, you know, because like you said, when your parents expect you to, you know, achieve so much and school is one of the things, right? So I told them like, I need a break. Necesito un descanso. So I really do need this break. Please allow me to take a break at least just one semester, right? They freaked out. They were like, ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué tienes? You know, like, ¿Qué está pasando? Yeah. ¿Por qué quieres esto? You know? <laughs> It's like, no, no, no pasa nada, estoy bien. No, I just need a break. You know, I need to just throw. Who's pressuring you? Who's giving you drugs? I know, right? They start freaking out. It's not normal for someone to just say, oh, I'm going to take a break. You know, it's like, it's cool. You have to. And if you're a first gen, you know, it's like, Orale, yeah. um, but no, I, I started to take a break. My parents allowed me to take a break. They were still like freaking out, but like they allowed me. My dad was the most calm. He's always been the most calm. <laughs> That's how it is so. in my family too. Yeah, <laughs> my mom is the one dog ah, reactionary, yeah. and my dad's like, guys, son las novelas. It's the telenovelas. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, I hear the dun dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, pasó todo eso. My parents allowed me to rest, and it got closer to the point where the new semester was coming up. And I had my friends, you know, freaking out as well. They were like, what's going on, Maria? Like, estás todo bien? Like, you know, I can help you register the classes, you know, it's already open for registrations and they're going to close soon. Like, we'll help you out. Like, what's going on? And I was like, guys, no, like, I want to rest this semester, like the one that was coming up. So they were like, okay. And so I rested for the whole like semester because summer I took it off and then it was fall semester. I rested. Um, and as soon as the other one was coming up, that's when I felt the pressure, right? Like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't have a plan. I didn't have a plan. I wasn't working at that time. So I was already thinking, should I start working on something? Like, what is going on? And I started feeling all of this pressure. And um, so at the end of all of that, I, I bumped into this opportunity for mo a modeling competition. Long story short, I made it over to LA. I made that possible, you know, like the whole, I made that dream that was to go to LA. And then I also became, you know, like into the modeling and I had the experience and all of that. And aquí andamos ahora, you know, like with Diana, I met Diana that way and we started, you know, getting to know each other. And hey, you guys we were started both modeling and that's how you met? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. We were I making our dreams like come true. I was going to have, like, how did you guys meet? <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was through that modeling competition. And then from there, you know, we started to get to know each other. And then um, she started sharing about, you know, how the traditional beliefs and all of that. El calladita te es más bonita. You know, so we we're like, oh, my God, tú también. Sí, yo también sé eso. You know, like, so <laughs> that's when all of these things that we had in common, we started to, you know, like put them all together and be like, oye, no somos las únicas, right? We started noticing that. And then next thing you know, Insightful Babes was created, guys. <laughs> so was that in 2019 that you guys met? No, no. no. So how like, long did you, wait, when did you guys meet? What year did you guys meet? 2017? Yeah, 2017. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so cool. I love that you guys met that way and had these common things because honestly, a lot of times you don't hear that, right? Like mm -hmm. it's always these other different things. What? Mm -hmm. 
did you feel like Deanna being the only one that was born here? Did you, did your brother and sister judge you for taking a different path? No, they didn't. Like, honest, not that I know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they still oh, hold resentment, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I feel like I'm really blessed to say, like, my family is really like understanding. Like, we're not all in each other's business, you know, like, we're not like, the, wait, you know, Mexican, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What happened? No, that's I awesome. Mean, I think that's yeah, amazing. I mean, I mean, at least like our immediate family, like I can't say anything about the Diaz <laughs> I get and that. I get that. But no, they were just like, I, I only felt bad because like my sister couldn't, like she, my sister really, really wanted to go to college. And like, she even went to college like until the last day she could go. So like, I feel like, oh man, you know, I, she really wanted to go. And I actually had like, the financial aid and like the opportunity and I didn't go so that was like one of my things that I did feel guilty about you know but she never once said like anything or like no we're just we're all kind of cool like <laughs> we just respect each other and yeah and Maria when you you say you have a younger brother did you feel a responsibility when you decided you didn't want to go back did you have a conversation with I mean I'm an eldest sibling as well. And there's, I feel like sometimes we feel as like an obligation to share our decisions, not all the time, but certain decisions, why we made them with our younger siblings to make sure that they know that they have a voice in their future. Is that something that you ever discussed with him or did did that, has that subject, did that subject ever come up? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, the time came where I had to be like, you don't have to be like me. <laughs> don't be like me. You do your own thing, you know. And I'm actually grateful for for our parents because they've always been super supportive of our dreams. And I managed to, you know, go a different route. You know, I didn't go the traditional route. Um, the one we all know, go to school, graduate, form a family, right? I went to a totally different route. And even though I, you know, I didn't know where I was heading. My, I always had my parents' support. So I'm really blessed and grateful for that. But like you mentioned, I do have a, a younger brother. And at that time, he was still in school. So something that I always make sure to tell him is that you need to do what you love to do. You know, whatever it is that you decide to do is because you love doing that. And he's actually right now about to turn 21. <laughs> so I'm sorry, brother. I didn't that. <laughs> so um, he's currently, his dream is to become a soccer player, a professional soccer player. So he recently got a, this opportunity. I'm not going to say much because that's not my part of the, the story. Right. But um, so, yeah, so he decided to follow his dream as well, you know, and I'm proud of him because I see his effort and he's super disciplined on that. So, you know, just being able to inspire him to keep on going because it's not an easy thing to follow your dreams, you know. And when you're Latina and Latino, right, and we've got all of the pressure of la familia, amistades, the traditional beliefs, all of that, and you choosing a totally complete different route that your family's not used to seeing, it's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. And you just really have to believe in yourself and believe in your dream in order to keep on going. So I do suggest for people to, you know, like really, really love what you want to do, because if you don't really like if you're not passionate enough about what you decide to do, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. The pressure is too much. 
Yeah. And then, you know, honestly, there are some people who just want to punch in, punch out, don't want, uh-huh. like they, they like the, I don't want to say the stability because I think the pandemic taught us that there's no such thing as a stable job anymore. Mm, right. Yeah. Anything can get cut anytime. We just don't know. I think it did a couple of things. I think that it helped people like say, well, you know what? I want to take my destiny in my own hands. And if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail on my own. I'm not like relying on a company to fail for me to fail type of thing. And then I also think that it, you know, some, and it made people realize that there needs to be a work-life balance because Mm -hmm. in our country in particular, and being in the U.S., I feel like corporations learned nothing from what happened during the pandemic because there's all these corporations are like, you need to be back in the office. You need to be back in the office. You know, people continue to produce, like they have proof of production Mm -hmm. while people were home. People don't want to spend an hour or two hours commuting. They want to spend time with their family. So I think it opened those things for many people as well. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to spend, you know, 50 hours away from my family every week or 60 hours, right? Depending on how Mm -hmm. much time commute is and all of that, when they can just sit, do the same thing, get the same production or even more at home. So But what, so when you guys both decided and you can, however, whoever wants to answer first, that's fine. When you decided, okay, this college is not for me. This is not what I want to do. What did you do between then? And by the time you founded Insightful Babes, what did that look like for each of you in regards to trying to figure out what you want to do, ground yourself? Because, you know, obviously you could become somebody who kind of would just flail in the wind very easily if you don't, but at least I can't, if I don't have like something to go to, something to focus on, I'll just be like a freaking, like one of those car things. Yeah. like, that. You know, just like you just <laughs> So what was, what, what, what did that time look for you guys when each of you decided, you know what, I'm not going to go to college. What were the things that you were trying to pursue or trying to learn or in that time? So like for me, it was always as well like my dream to pursue like modeling at the time like I I don't know I guess like it's always so important to me like I always remember that day when I was like in my, and I, I think I've told this story before but like I was in math class and like I am horrible at math like I cannot get, you're like, not the, horrible at math you're just you're you're better at something else there you go I like that thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah like I tried everything I did the tutoring I did like the studying like everything and even like ask for your credit, like I did everything. And that's why I guess I don't feel so, I don't feel guilty, you know, not going to college mm-hmm. because I could literally say I, I tried everything. But I remember like walking out of the class and I'm like, this is not what I'm supposed to do. Like I, at the time I was like, I know I have like this dream, but like, it's super hard to follow that dream right now because, you know, the place I am and like, you know, modeling was like, I mean, I'm five one. I'm your typical, I'm not a typical model, right? Like I'm short. I'm definitely not like model material. So it was really hard for me to kind of like pursue that goal. But at the moment I was like, I just don't know if I could do it, but I just know that I can't be here. Like I, I just felt like running out of there. Like it was to the point that I'm like, no, I can't. So I just decided to like focus on that. And I was working um, at a real retail store. So I just kind of started moving up there and I became a manager, uh, like a store manager. And then I was just focusing at work and then focus on like my, my dream of going to LA and, you know, pursuing modeling. I would work like, I think I started working my, my full-time job and then I had 
I was still going to the school, like to school at that time. And then I would have another job. So I had like a lot of my plate at that time. And then once I left school, I still kept my other job. So I would do like, I would work at like as a bartender and I would work in the day and then take like maybe an hour break and then go work as a bartender. Like at night, get home like around three thirty, four thirty in the morning and then get ready to go into my job like at nine in the morning. So it was like, a rough time for me but like to be young I, and have that kind of energy i used to I, like I now I, I saw like i i tell my husband i'm like i don't know how i did that like i could not i could barely even like stay up until 8 30 like <laughs> i can't but yeah that was that was basically what i was doing i was just like working trying to save up money to like you know pay for like this modeling competition to like at the time we were also um the same owner of the competition she is actually, she was our mentor, um, Marianne and I, our mentor, and we actually sold the wine for a while, which is <laughs> kind of wild. Like, mm-hmm. to think about it. My lovers, <laughs> sold the, wait, sold what wine? Wait, you can't like gloss over yeah, just okay. sold the wine. You need to like, this, this is a wine and cheese, man, girl. You got to yeah. give me some more cheese. <laughs> <than that. laughs> Let me get comfortable. Huh? <laughs> From so, modeling to like entrepreneurship. <laughs> Yeah. So like, yeah, that was like part of it. And then we started kind of like, I knew that for sure. I wanted to do like entrepreneurship. Like I just can't, not that I don't like being told what to do, but I just feel like I wanted to help people and like, I couldn't Mm -hmm. accomplish certain things, you know, being like in a retail store or like whatever it was. So yeah, we're basically, that was like another opportunity that we got after like the modeling stuff happened Mm -hmm. and then I started kind of liking that more you know building like a community of like women and like we would literally just drink wine and then you know we would have it was a wine club like we just drank wine we had parties um you know would sell sell the wine people would we could profit from it yeah profit from that and it was fun like it was really enjoyable doing all that so like that's when I realized I'm like hey I kind of like being my own boss like I want to be like an entrepreneur and then I also want to help people along the way like that, those are like my main things you know um do something good for like the community yeah mm-hmm. and Maria what about you what was that time like when you're especially when you're like you know what I'm not gonna re-enroll because I heard you say like for the fall you weren't working did you not get out of bed for months were you just a, a I actually it's going on during during college I I, I was working in a daycare because my career was education so I, I had already advanced in classes and everything but I just didn't feel like I belonged in that environment so when the time came that I just wanted to get out school and just rest I also quit the job and I just stayed home and you know like I you know how what, what's it called when they take that break when you get out of high school normally like yeah that's what it's called right like you take and then people either travel or that's when they go to Europe you know and all of that but of course, you know, I didn't have that. <laughs> I didn't have that option. Um, so it was different for me. It was like, I would go to Europe, but through movies at my home, you know, watching, <laughs> watching movies. Um, so I went was... to Paris, Texas. <laughs> I know, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I just rested for a moment there. 
obviously I felt the pressure, you know, like, Maria, you can't be doing this. You can't just stay at home, you know, like I would see my parents work and then my brother would just, you know, come back from school and look at me and I was just there, you know, <laughs> like I, I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to that. In my head. <laughs> I'm thinking like you're just sitting on the couch when he leaves and sitting yeah. on the couch. Yeah. yeah. He's just looking at you going like the hell. Yeah. yeah, that was that was me. And you know, I just I I wasn't used to that. And I was I'm normally the type of person that's always on the go, right? Like Diana knows this, and I've gotten better at that. Like I wasn't the type of person that would do self-care. Like, I didn't care if I was super stressed. I would just go, 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 go. Me being there, just resting and not doing anything. It, yeah, it gave me, you know, that I felt that pressure. And I was like, okay, what the hell am I doing? What should I be doing? But honestly, overall, I think what really helped me was God. You know, I felt some sort of peace. Even though I was like worried about all these things, I felt peace. And I just felt like, it's okay. I'm preparing you for something. There's something coming. I just felt like there was something. I don't know how to explain that. But uh, next thing you know, I bump into the opportunity, you know, of like a modeling competition. And it felt so right because I felt it in me, you know, kind of like that intuition where it's like, yeah, this is your moment. Go for it. You know, so when I told my parents about that, that was a whole different telenovela scene, guys. I was about to say, what was that like? No, no, no. It was like, what? You know, like they knew that that was my dream and everything. But what they did not like was that I had to go to L.A. You know, I had to go to Hollywood over there to do this. And of course, they're like, pues soy su niña, right? I'm su niña chiquita, me dicen su princesa, right? Because I'm <laughs> the only uh, girl that they have. So, um, of course, they freaked out. Again, my mom. I love you, mom. So... Yeah, it took her a moment, you know, but she saw my excitement and she's, she always tells me that, que vio mi seguridad, you know, like, vio how, like, confident and determined I was. And she she just, like, had to say yes, you know, it's like, está bien, okay, te apoyamos, yeah. filled out the application. And at first we thought it was like a scam, you know, because yeah. <laughs> I was about to ask like, you that yeah. too. Like, how did yeah. you feel about that? Yeah. So I was like, you know, at that time, I didn't even feel like it was a scam. My parents were the ones that were thinking, guess, you know, I guess, you know, you know, yeah. and it's obviously like it's normal to think that way. But for me at that moment, I felt that it was just right. And I didn't really like no me pasó por la cabeza to think that way. And gracias a Dios, it wasn't a scam, guys. It was real. <laughs> it was legit. It was legit. And yeah, that's where everything started. You know, it's been a journey. It's been a long journey for for us at Insightful Babes and where we're headed and everything. We sometimes Dan and I just like stop and like start thinking and going back in time, you know, like, oh my God, remember this, this. Like at this time, no podemos creer that we're here, you know, it's like, can you imagine, remember when we met Diana and like, did you ever imagine we'd be, you know, creating this brand and podcast? Like it's, it's just crazy how everything happens. So in your bio, you talk about, and actually one of the questions I ask is like, what is your why? And you talk about, you want to empower and inspire anyone who is not being themselves because of fear. And I think, and you say also traditional beliefs, but I think that in our community, it pro- in many other communities of color, it kind of goes hand in hand. The mm-hmm. fear of diverting from the traditional beliefs, right? Of what many parents 
think should mm-hmm. happen and and what people should do. I love that you want to make sure everybody feels welcome and loved and and that they it's okay to do different things. I did not take the traditional route as well. Like I said, I didn't graduate till I was 37 years old when I graduated college. So I get it. I totally understand it. When you decided to do this, what fear did you both have when you decided to start Insightful Babes? Did you just, were you just like, go like, we're going to do it? Or was there fear there? And what was that fear? I don't know. I feel like I was more motivated than like Mm -hmm. fear. The only fear that I had was like, um, how am I going to explain what I'm doing to my parents? Like, como le voy a decir, okay, mom, estoy haciendo un show. Voy a decir, como un show en la tele? I'm like, no, de radio. Pero va a salir en radio? No, ma, voy a... So it's like, how am I going to explain it to her? But like, um, I think, and then just el que dirán, you know, like oh, my friends, same. what are they going to say? Or like, oh, I don't know. That was my, one of my biggest things. Mm-hmm. What do yeah. I have for Maria? For me, it was like, I was excited. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was like, yes, maybe a little of el que dirán. Because again, nobody in my family had ever done a brand or a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we started back in 2019 when podcasts weren't that big of a deal yet. Like, yes, there were already starting, but it wasn't like now, right? That everybody now, like we see more podcasts out there. Maybe just that, el que dirán, you know, like my family and all of that. But I grew up with, you know, my parents always telling us that we shouldn't care right about the familia and like that but you know even though they would tell us that and like we learned that from them to not really care about el que dirán just being around the other family members and the talks and you know like it gets to you obviously and when you're young you know sometimes you have that weak mentality and that weak mindset and it, it would affect me it would affect me in the level, right? But I don't know. For me, it wasn't that big of a deal. Only a poquito of el que dirán, but I was honestly excited and again motivated, like Dana. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that for you guys because I was scared as hell when I started this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, was like, "How did you start it? Can Can I ask you that?" I like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, initially, I wanted to start a YouTube channel with a friend, mm-hmm. and we had called it like not quite midlife. Cause I was like, Oh, and you know, I don't feel like I'm not quite midlife. And then I was like, Oh, I like okay. the way that sounds. And when you do something with somebody else, as you both know, you have, you're depending on the other person a lot. Mm-hmm. And so when it was getting to scheduling, we like, we were able to tape a couple of episodes of stuff and then schedules got in the way and this and that. And I was like, no, I want to do something. And so finally I just scrapped it and I pivoted. And I have friends who, you know, who already are podcasters, Pam Covorubias, I don't know, Cafe Con Pam, I don't know if you know her, but she was like a huge, she's a good friend of mine. And she was the one who she's like, she's like, do a podcast. You would be great at a podcast, do a podcast. And so she kind of walked me through it. I was like, okay. And so the, the name changed a couple of times and all of this and that, but ultimately I always tell people, don't be afraid to start because if you're waiting for the fear to subside, you're never going to start. And I think Mm -hmm. that's for everything, right? Like if you, if there's something you really want to do, then there's fear that's going to come with that naturally because you are so excited about it and you don't want it to fail. And so my thing was, I was very nervous about putting myself out there just for the fact that how people can be, right? I'm like, do I really want to give a piece of myself out there so publicly? 
anytime, like when you do this, when any, like anybody, you put yourself out on a public platform, you're opening up yourself to criticism. And that scared me, not the criticism, but what people would say, like, oh, what if people don't like you? What did this? But I think eventually just, I was, I had to overcome the fear. The motivation was greater than the fear. Mm-hmm. And again, I couldn't wait for everything to be perfect. You listen to my like first episodes. Oh my Lordy, they sound oh, crazy. Girl. <laughs> Terrible. They're just same, same. Totally different music. Yeah. It's like so different. But the one thing for me that was consistent is I'm curious about people. I love hearing mm-hmm. people's stories. The conversations just always felt natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and some were a little bit more natural than the others. I think sometimes I researched a little too much. And then finally I got to the point where I was like, you know what? No, I no. just want to, you know, have some wine. I want to cheese me with people. I want to, I want it to be natural. I want people to feel like they're in the living room with us, mm-hmm. right? Just listening. Mm-hmm. And that completely changed my perspective as well as how I come at it. So that's the short version to my journey of where we're at no. now, where I'm at now. Yeah. And we're going to have her on our cheese time, guys, at Insightful Babes, so we can yeah. learn all of, like, have the full cheese We I want know, the full cheese everything. <laughs> what has been the greatest? Because I think, you know, we learn so much. We learn from our successes, but I think we learn even more from our failures. What for each of you would you say is your greatest fail individually, and maybe even your greatest fail to failure together? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I never fail. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I can't relate. <laughs> I'm like, I'm failing to finish this bottle of wine right now. Just <laughs> Not me, guys. I'm winning. Yeah, <laughs> the, I'm bottle's <laughs> the bottle's empty. <laughs> God. Hmm. You know, I feel like maybe because I'm, I'm just, I think I'm a really like, like optimistic person so I always kind of see things as like a lesson but I think one of the things maybe that I regret or that I failed at maybe is doing it sooner you know like I wish I would have I wish I would have believed in myself a little bit more sooner and like um I wish I would have pushed myself a little bit more and that's probably one of the things that I think that I like the overthinking and like you know like like I wish I would have just put it aside, like kind of how I'm doing right now and mm-hmm. just, just go for it. Am I yeah. yeah, same here. Same here. I think younger Maria should have just taken that step, but obviously she wasn't as confident <laughs> as she is now. And sometimes we, we should just take that step, right? Um, obviously I didn't take that step because I wasn't ready and I was afraid, you know, of like, what if it, like, I don't make it and, um, you know, crazy enough. And I'm right now I was remembering that when I was, um, back in high school, I got contacted by a modeling agency in San Antonio. They wanted to give me an opportunity, right. To join the agency. But I said, no, even wow. though that was like my, my dream, you know, I said, no. And you know, my parents were like, okay, you don't want to. Okay. But at that moment I thought, okay, yeah, they don't, they, that's, I did the right decision. Right. Cause they're okay with that. I said, no. And okay, I should keep going. And now I think of it. It's like, why did I say no? <laughs> you know, like, like, and it's all of that. It's all of that. But I think but there was I a learned, reason you, there was yes. a reason you said no, right. You yes. may not know what it is, 
Mm-hmm. But if you would have said, yes, this is not the path you probably would have landed on. Yes. Yeah. So overall, you know, like that, I think that's um, one of the lessons that I've learned through my whole entire life journey up to where I'm at is that stop overthinking it, you know, stop overthinking it, stop caring about what others say or think and just go for it. And that's what Diana and I did. You know, we were afraid, like we both came from traditional beliefs, you know, el que dirán. Um, Diana was a little more like shy, you know? (laughs) So it's like, what? Diana in a podcast talking? Like, (laughs) yeah, that was, yeah, that was a huge one. (laughs) I think we should talk, we should talk, like share a little bit about that, Diana, because I think it's super interesting because now she even has like a vlog, you know, on YouTube and she's like doing all of these vlogs. All of the things. El chisme. Cuenta el chisme. Cuenta el chisme. That's why we're here. Yeah. Let me drink another sip. (laughs) You know, you know what I always think? Like, I always like to push myself a little bit more. And like, I feel like I kind of have, like, I'm trying to change the narrative in my life as in, you know, being the shy girl or like introverted. Like, I don't, because I don't want to be that person. You know, I want to like, help others and I want to like share my story and I want to share other people help other people share their stories so I feel like that's not going to help me being that way it's not going to help me get to where I want to be but I feel like I've always kind of surprised people and like uh one thing that I'll share with you guys since it is cheese man yes I want to hear when I got out of high school um I actually (laughs) I actually started go-go dancing so I was a go-go dancer for a while so she's mad dancers yeah, so a lot of people were like at, in high school. They were like Diana, wait, short Diana, <laughs> like Diana, and then yeah, like Diana's the go-go dancer. So like, I feel like I've always kind of, or like even the modeling, you know, I've always tried to like push myself. And even though like now that I see it, I'm like, yeah, you know, I've always done it. Like I always try to push myself a little bit more. But yeah, I think I just that's I just have to do that. Just continue to push myself and like try to be like a better version of myself every day. And yeah. I mean, I think that's key, right? In whatever we do, it's, you know, just trying to, to be better every day. I know one of like the, the whole core of you guys, of, of what you're doing with the podcast and everything and your blog and your website is really trying to help people overcome that fear just by sharing your stories. Cause I think a lot of times it's really about sharing our stories, right? Sometimes you need a coach. Sometimes you just need to hear from somebody else. Sometimes I think we we kind of get all of these different things. You you have over a hundred episodes. Congratulations. I know how hard that is. Like I get it. Like, whew, I get it. I'm not going to ask you what people ask me because people always ask me what's my favorite episode. And it's like, I can't name a favorite episode. Give me like, is there a, a, a memorable moment across that resonated with you in a way that maybe no other moment had? Like with our episodes or? With your episodes, whether it's something you realized as you were talking it out, as you, whether it was among amongst you two or whether it was with the guest, was there something that just like clicked and you're like, oh crap, I never even thought. And you're like basically working it out as you talk. I swear that happens to me all the time. I'm like talking and I feel like I'm working it out as I'm talking yeah. and then I'm like, Hey, pretty smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just had a realization. Yeah, I think it, like for me, it was when we started having special guests, right? Because um, 
like we were both new at this. We didn't know what we were doing. And within our first episode, I like to say that the first episode of Insightful Babes is my favorite um, <laughs> because it helps me see how far we've come, you know, like, you know, um, I have not listened to my first episode in a very oh, long time. So you go do it. Yeah. I know. I it. <laughs> have some wine, girl. <laughs> yeah. I might that I might need a bottle for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I don't know. Like for me, that that's my favorite episode. Um, but when we started having special guests, that was the like kind of like, oh my god, Diana, like we're doing this, you know, like people actually wanting to be in our podcast. Like at first we started off, you know, with topics and you know, sharing about us, but then we got this opportunity to you know, have a special guest. And we're like, oh, that's when I realized like, whoa, like this is it. <laughs> this is the moment, you know, but I don't know, Diana, what, what's it for you? I feel the same. Like mm-hmm. that was the moment that it kind of hit me. I'm like, oh, like people actually want to be a part of the community, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's such a key, right? Like what we're all doing is we're building community. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's where you, you find strength, you find strength in community, yeah. you find support in community. Mm-hmm. And when people, you know, I had this discussion with a, a guest recently and I was saying how my family does not listen to my podcast and I'm okay with it because they're not who my audience is and that's fine. And I think yeah. so many of us want to be everything for everybody, especially Latinas, because I feel like mm-hmm. that's what we're, how we're brought up, right? We're brought mm-hmm. up to make everybody feel welcome, which I do love. I love, I'm somebody who loves having people over and I want to cook for them. And I want like, you know, that's who I am. That's part of who I am, not who I am. Part of who I am. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy that. But I also feel like we are so often taught to put ourselves, put everybody before ourselves that I think so many of us are starting to take reins of who we are. Right. And if you are able to do it in your twenties, God bless you. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I think most people don't do it until they're they're in their thirties or forties. Cause I say, fuck up in your twenties who, you know what I mean? Like it's okay. (laughs) You know, because I am for sure. Like the core person I am is the same, but I am very different because I've lived life than I did in my twenties. And I live life in my 20s. Oh, girl, okay. <laughs> More achievement. I know, right? <laughs> That's all another time. That mm-hmm. is, we're not recording. <laughs> once we awesome. meet over there in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. once we meet over there, all the achievement, girl. Okay. <laughs> but um, one of the things that, again, you talk about is you guys share your entrepreneurship journey outside of the podcast. Like what else are you guys, how are you guys branching in to build your community and, and build everything up to continue to get your message out, right? Because obviously as a podcaster, I know that again, you're not going to be everything for everybody, which is okay. And that's fine. And some people may not want to listen to the podcast, but they want to hear your message. So what other ways are you guys branching out in regards to getting your message out? I think I would say like with our personal brands, you know, since we started the whole modeling thing, we learned all of the personal branding and we started our entrepreneurship journey. So we know we knew how to organize and do everything, the social media, you know, now that we have insightful babes, we also share our personal lifestyles and what we do in our routines in our personal profiles. So every time, you know, we do an episode or 
We share something on Insightful Babes. We always share our personal handles for social media so people can actually have like a deeper look into our lives, right? Um, Because usually for Insightful Babes, we share everything that we're doing within Insightful Babes and the brand and our special guests. But if you guys want a little more cheese of our lives and uh, all of that and how we're doing, uh, we then share our our handles, our our social media handles. And that's where we share our day-to-day lives right like oh today we felt like drinking wine so we're drinking wine you know um and things like that and we also make sure to to be a voice about what we represent with our brand insightful babes and you guys have a pretty robust blog as well like your most recent one is are you blocking your blessings and so i feel like you also are able to you know you're you have the visual right you have your youtube page you have the visual you have the audio with the podcast and then you also have something that people are able to consume by reading as well. Yeah. Don't forget those things, ladies. You got, you know, yeah. you're, you're doing a lot. I will yeah. brag for you. Aww. You're doing a lot. You get, but don't, <laughs> you know, I feel like so often we're, and I get this because I get really embarrassed too. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. nobody would think that I don't yeah. want the spotlight on me. People probably think, oh no, she wants a spotlight on her. <laughs> She's freaking a chismosa. She has a podcast. She has all these things that she's doing. But ultimately I'm like, yeah, but I don't hardly, I don't talk. So, like it's about the guests, right? It's yeah. about these stories. It's about relating. It's not about me. <laughs> you know, <it's> gonna... <laughs> not until you come to our cheeseman time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looking but, forward to uh, that. <laughs> no, I am too. I'm super excited. <laughs> I that you guys, it's already been an hour. Crazy. That's crazy. How yeah. has it gone by so fast? Now, I we've kind of bounced all over the place. Mm-hmm. So let me make sure we get to the nitty-gritty in regards to <laughs> how can they find the insightful babes podcast. How can Are you see more? Oh, <laughs> I was waiting. To- <laughs> yeah, there was like a pause there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the wine. <laughs> we need it's the wine. Are you on all platforms? Any platform, your favorite listening platform, you can listen to it. Is your podcast yeah. on YouTube as well? Because I know you have a YouTube page. Yeah, we're everywhere, guys. So you guys can find on the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're getting there and YouTube. And you guys can just search us over at Insightful Babes. Um, If not, just go to Google Insightful Babes and we'll be there. We'll be there. We're now showing there Um, (laughs) or InsightfulBabes.com. You know, right now we're working on a few projects, our big project called Siempre Palante. So um, we have Diana's vlog, Stay Aligned, where she's going to be talking about personal development as a Latina. I'm going to be doing Cultura Reconnect, where I'll be reconnecting with my culture and experiencing that, you know, kind of like reconnecting with my raices and finding finding out more about it. Um, so I'll be traveling to Mexico soon and I'll be sharing those uh, vlogs. And Diana already started her vlogs. And actually, you already shared a new video, right? Yeah, today actually went, it went my third video went live today. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I will make sure to include all of the links in the show notes, but let me actually, there was something I wanted to ask and now I can ask it because Maria, you brought it up and I cut, you just reminded me both of you at some point and particularly you, the Anna was talking about losing connection to your culture. Mm-hmm. 
How do you feel, and, and both of you, obviously you're very proud of your Latinidad and, and you really want to relish in that, which I think is amazing. I, I think it's important. Do you find the people that you're talking to on a daily are struggling to connect with their Latinidad? Or do you feel like more than ever, people are embracing their Latinidad? And why do you think, like, have you heard any reasons why or why not they're doing one thing versus the other? Yes, both. (laughs) Yeah, I think like before people were more, there wasn't a lot of representation. So we were more, you know, on the down low. And then now I feel like people are kind of stepping up and talking more about it. And like, there's more podcasts, you know, talking about it. There's more YouTube channels talking about it. There's more representation like in media and movies. So I feel like growing up, we kind of, well, at least me, like I just saw movie stars and they were all like, they all look the same or I never saw like a Latina playing a character that I really liked. So I could never really relate to them. So now seeing, you know, Latinas actually in movies and, you know, in media and everything, it's, I think the representation is helping. So mm-hmm. It's not where it should be, but it's yeah. getting there. It's a start. It's a start. And what, if you could say one thing to somebody who is struggling not with their Latinidad, but just with finding themselves in regards to, and they might be confused in regards to their Latinidad. They might feel exiled. They might feel other than, because mm-hmm. I felt all of those, right? I, mm-hmm. I have felt all of those. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Because I don't know if you felt that way or not. So first, like share if you've ever felt like you've been othered and how did you overcome that? Oh, me? Okay. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> so it actually was not too long ago that I felt that way. Like I was other, like at my job. Um, it was it's mostly like male dominated, uh, white male um, dominated. So I did feel like othered, you know, like I was kind of like pushed aside, even like certain things. Like I would be, wa- <laughs> I was telling Maria about this actually. So I was watching TV and like it was during my lunch break and then. Somebody comes by, it's like, oh, are you watching telenovelas? Like, and I wasn't even watching, like, certain things like that, you know, that were happening to me, which... You're all, if you was, understood, you know they're at nighttime, hello, I know, right? Like, straight. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I always laugh it off, like, I never, you know, let it get to me, but that was one thing that I was experiencing, and I, I would probably say to you, if, like, to people that might be experiencing that, like, just keep going, and, like, just remember to like feel kind of like fill yourself with like your culture and like learn about yourself and like learn about your culture learn like embrace who you are because you're amazing no matter what like no matter where you come from no matter where your story is like you're just a great human being and I feel like you should just embrace where you like your roots and everything Mm -hmm. yeah for me if you're struggling with like um finding or like wanting to know who you really are or not knowing who you really are. I think for many Latinos out there, myself included, you know, I had that identity crisis, right? Which is why we decided to create Insightful Base so we can also talk about our experiences. And when it comes to like culture, which is why I decided to talk and share my experience with my cultura, because it comes to that point where we feel like, who are we? You know, we have, we share two cultures and we get lost in there. So I think for something that I learned through my whole journey and everything that I've lived is that surrounding yourself with people 
the right people, that's important. You know, do you have to surround yourself with the right people, with the right group? Mm -hmm. I think, first of all, check who's around you. You know, sometimes we think we're the problem because that's how we think, right? It's like, there's something wrong with me. It's me. It's me, right? I'm the weird one. I'm the outsider, you know, I'm the loser, whatever. But in reality, you should just stop, stop judging yourself and look around you. Who's around you? What type of people are around you? Sometimes that could be the issue. So definitely look around you. Make sure that the people who are around you don't make you feel stressed. Don't make you feel bad about yourself. If you start feeling that way, then those are not the right people. Get out of there. You know, um, you're special. So if you think you're not, you really are. Just surround yourself with the right people. That that would be my my advice. I agree with you. I think it's natural for us to question who we are and everything, but you're right. We need to surround ourselves with the right people. And if people make you feel othered, you know, you can only do so much at work unless you decide, unless you want to find another job. And sometimes that's what you have to do, right? Mm -hmm. No job is worth feeling degraded for. No. But I think also we have to look at the people who we surround ourselves with. And if we're surrounding mm-hmm. ourselves with people who are negative, who mm-hmm. if you're, if you want to be an entrepreneur, are you going to hang out with nobody who knows anything about entrepreneurship? Mm-hmm. How is that going to help you grow? Right. So sometimes it's up to us to find the circles yes. that we want to be part of in order to grow. And sometimes we have to leave people behind and that's okay. It sucks sometimes, but it can help. So Mm-hmm. seek yeah. counsel of people who are wiser than you and sometimes it, it might be even family members that you have to leave behind Girl, and it's I've tough a lot of family members behind Bye. <laughs> it's not easy but it's possible guys and sometimes you just have to and sometimes it. it is easy <laughs> yeah sometimes it is easy oh, yeah. so i always like to give everybody a final like if there's something I didn't ask or if there's something we didn't talk about, I would want to give everybody a final minute to to share anything that they want to close out with. So please, actually, Maria, why don't we start with you? Well, I'm just going to say, guys, if you have a dream, this is your time. This is your sign. If you've been waiting for a sign, this is it. It's your girl, Maria, telling you to just go for it. Sigan pa'lante. No se pongan todos depresivos. Don't overthink it. I've been there. The whole overthinker thing. (laughs) It's not going to take you anywhere. So don't even (laughs) overthink it. Just go for it. And Diana. I love that. Everything Maria said. (laughs) (laughs) Times two. (laughs) That's why Maria has been making you go first. (laughs) (laughs) You know, right? They yeah, found out. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I would probably say, like, just just keep working on yourself. You're going to get there. Don't be so hard on yourself. Practice self-care. Keep your faith strong. And then just push yourself. You know, push yourself to keep going. And every day you're going to get better and stronger. And just keep going. Believe in and yourself. It's okay, right? It's mm-hmm. okay if you're working and working towards what you want to do. Yes. That's actually mm-hmm. very natural. That's, I think, what all of us are doing, right? Yeah. All of us are working. We have our job what to work towards oh, sure. and then working towards the things that we want because, you know, and if you're able to do it off the bat, then that's awesome. But a lot of people right. can't. They're like, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. Well, you know, you put in time where you feel it's important. We're mm-hmm. all putting in those extra hours outside of our normal jobs 
to do something that we're passionate about. Yeah. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we tired. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's why we have wine to help us. Exactly. Push. Yeah. And cheese way. <laughs> and cheese <And> way. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much. I'm so happy we talked. We had I had such a good time. We laughed a yes. lot. Yes. Laughed thank you. Thank, thank you for offering us this space for some cheese, some wine. Uh, and thank you for this platform for creating something like this. We all needed this. And again, muchas, muchas gracias. Until next time, mi gente. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine and Chisme podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine and Chisme on our website, thewineandchismepodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. You can also find us on social media at The Wine and Chisme on Instagram and at The Wine and Chisme Podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Chisme, please subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, saludos.